Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. I do have a take. Point of contention. A hero is more than a sandwich. Welcome to Point of Contention, POC, five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention. Coming up on the show, it's the finals for maybe just one more game. We got Doc Rivers, we got Kyrie Irving, we've got MVP predictions. I'm Zach Harper, the host of POC, Jade Hoy's producing. In this corner, the author of The Victory Machine, Bay Area suburban resident, Ethan Strauss. Ethan... I think this is a typo in this script because it asks, can the Oakland A's come back from this 2-0 deficit against the Dodgers? I think he meant the Astros. But can they come <laughs> back against the Dodgers as well? Uh, they, they probably are bounced by the time you're listening to this. That's true. That <laughs> is true. And in this corner, esteemed author, two-time book author, Bay Area legend Marcus Thompson. Marcus, I need a rapid reaction to the Seattle Storm winning the WNBA championship on Tuesday night. Oh my God, I hate the Seattle Storm. I, I can't stand them. I've hated them since Lauren Jackson ripped out Lisa Leslie's ponytail. This wow. is an old, bitter rivalry. I'm rocking with the Houston Comets and Tina Thompson. I'm rocking with Yolanda Griffith and Tisha Penichero, the Sacramento Monarchs. And now I'm rocking with Diana Taurasi and the Phoenix Mercury. And uh, every year along those lines, I have found a brewing hatred for the Seattle Storm. Yes, Brianna Stewart is amazing. Sue Bird is a legend. Jewel Lloyd is a monster. And Natasha Howard is a really good center. But I hate the Seattle Storm. I hate the volts on the back of their neck. Wow, that is rude. Are we surprised that the Maloofs couldn't afford to run a WNBA team? That's why the Monarchs folded. <laughs> no, I am not surprised at all. I miss the Monarchs. The Monarchs need to come back, man. Come on. Nah, nah, forget the Monarchs. Bring them to, bring them to Oakland. We got an open arena. That's true. <laughs> got one Got one standing right there. All right, Jade, start the clock. The heat is on for take one. The heat is on the Miami Heat now as the Lakers took game four of the NBA Finals on Wednesday, putting Miami in a do-or-die game five tomorrow night. Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both amazing in this one. The two of them shut down Jimmy Butler time and time again. And in the paint after getting crushed by Butler in game three, he could not score in game four. The Lakers are showing the world that they are the defensive juggernaut that they expected to be. So, Marcus, will Miami win game five and force a game six? I actually think so. I, I do believe they will win. I'm I'm counting on the adjustment powers of Eric Spolstra. I'm counting on the adjustment powers of Jimmy Butler. And I do think they're going to do something about that monkey rich the Lakers threw by having Anthony Davis guard Jimmy Butler. Uh, not 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 even just him. They'll figure out a way to get him loose. They'll figure out a way to get that monster off of him. But also, I do think they'll be better off the ball and they'll figure out a way to attack that Lakers defense. It was a pretty good monkey rich where you could throw Anthony Davis at a two guard. And that, that's something special. So I don't think They'll win the series, but I'm expecting a counter. And keep in mind, the Lakers barely won that game. Contavious Caldwell-Pope mm. had to put on a cape and mm. win that game. So and I do feel Jimmy, like... Jimmy missed a wide-open three, right? Jimmy's got to knock that down. Wide-open three from the corner. He's got to make that shot. Uh, so I do feel like the Heat, they've got one last fight in them. Udonis Haslam is going to stuff everybody with pantry food, and it's going to be on for game six. Ethan, game uh, Ethan <laughs> can, can Spo... Does Spo have anything in his bag? What does he have that he can he can implement that will take away this inevitable feeling of a Lakers win Friday night? I like the idea of one last adjustment. 
and then you've run out of adjustments and then it ends in six. I like that. I like that Marcus theory. I'm into that. Um, something Waz said, it's a little sacrilegious. Maybe he wasn't the only one to say it, but I think it is true. It seems like Bam does make them easier to guard. It does. And if he's not at 100% capacity, I mean, maybe you really go full Don Nelson and we just have less Bam. And that's also part of the adjustment going forward. Just try to ramp up the variability. Is that the word I'm looking for? Shoot as many threes as possible and then construct a way to not have Anthony Davis be the guy who guards Jimmy Butler. Something like that. That could be in the offing, but it just seems like, especially given the injuries, they're running out of talent. Are we already giving up on? Bam? Is this I what we're think doing? this is an absurd take that Bam makes them easier to guard. I mean, not not full Bam, not full Bam, but you know, compromise Bam. Yeah, partial Bam. Partial Bam. He's not. He's not as easier. He's not a three point shooter. Am. <laughs> I think it's Ba or Am. I, I think Ba. ba. I gotta go Ba. You take the M out. Ba. Bam's so where the punctuation right happens, right? Bam. <laughs> M with the exclamation yeah. point. Yeah. You almost when he's really going, that M almost becomes a you know a, a couple of a couple of syllables there. Yeah. Well, it's gotta be tempting to go down with the ship because he is theoretically their best player. So even if he's even if it's true for this particular series and the kind of strategy you would want offensively, it would be hard to just remove him. Um, but I think you have to look at, you have to look at all scenarios. You have to look at every single, which way you could maximize your chance of victory. But overall, it just seems like they're probably not good enough. And here's what needs to happen, by the way. And probably is happening. Pat Riley needs to take Tyler Hero to a corner, like in a room by himself, where whatever they have in the, in the bubble that's isolated and tell, <laughs> and tell this rookie, this is why you don't snarl after you make a highlight in the finals like you're you're a rookie and until you have the ability to dominate a series you probably should just be okay with doing well and not like poking bears and challenging lebron and anthony davis stop snarling tyler and and just play basketball otherwise these dudes are gonna come for you and that's exactly what happened has there ever been an intimidating tyler Oh, that's a great question. Tyler, no. the creator. No, he's not, not, he's not intimidating, intimidating at all. Man, man, well, he, man, beats like beats just bow to his will. What do you mean? I mean, he's he's like uh, he's profane. He's hilariously vulgar. Is he intimidating? Like, he's a small guy. Tyler Hansbro might be the most intimidating Tyler <laughs> we've ever had. It's not a very intimidating name. It's it's a hard name to snarl with. And I say that as somebody – I don't think Ethan is up there either. But I'm just making the observation. Mitchell Tyler, former 49ers running back, Super Bowl. Mm. I mean last name doesn't count. Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas is pretty tough. It's a rugged – no? No? No. No, I don't – no, I think you're – you're making it's our just point not a, for it's us. just not yeah. a tough name. I think, uh, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think there are tough Tylers there. Um, all right for for this for this, I'm heat. thinking of every like soft Tyler ever too, like Tyler now Perry. Does Ty does, right. does Ty does just Ty count? <laughs> no, I think you got to go full Tyler. It's got to be Ty. What if I may not be Tyler? It may right, be it might be like, Tyrone, like because like, yeah. yeah, Tyrone Bogues, it's Muggsy Bogues, intimidating for five three. Right? No, it's gotta be it's gotta be a Tyler. It's gotta be a Tyler. A hero is more than a sandwich. Looking back at when this uh, season started, is anyone surprised at this result or are we going to uh are we gonna keep pretending that no one ever believed in the Lakers just because they might have picked the Clippers or the Bucks? 
Oh God, man, this is just uh, this is just so, it's so annoying. It's so annoying that we have to do this canvassing of whoever didn't believe enough, and now the team accounts get in on it, and they have to castigate everybody. The Denver Nuggets team account has to list all the people who didn't believe they were going to beat the Clippers, which was really the only sane thing to do. Or to now, say, do you think that you're... they deleted the draft that they put up there for the ones who didn't believe that they would beat the Lakers? Because you know that that was you know that that was drawn up. Yeah, you know what? That's the new rule. That's the new rule here. If you do that as a team account, then you have to then concede and tweet out congratulations to all the people who picked against us. You were correct. That has to happen. That's what's fair. Um, people believed in the Lakers. They just believed in the Clippers a little bit more. And the surprising outcome of these playoffs, it's not that the Lakers got to the end of it all it's that the Clippers flamed out and then even meet them in the conference finals that's that's the big surprise of it I think the vast majority of people viewed the playoff scene the picture of the season as Clippers Lakers 1a 1b in the west and maybe some people gave a little edge to the Clippers I thought the Clippers had a better roster if those two teams went up against each other that's how I felt but you could just look at the Vegas odds you could just look at how people were gambling I mean the Lakers were in the top tier of title contention and this is not a shocking outcome yeah I, I think everybody who's saying this was shocking or somehow the Lakers were this super underdog were the probably the same people who either didn't think that Anthony Davis straight would happen or was saying like it, it was a bad thing for the NBA. It's like when they got Anthony Davis, it was this big deal for a reason. It's because the idea of Anthony Davis and LeBron together makes you think of Larry O'Brien. So the fact that it's actually happening, I don't think anybody is saying they're surprised in good faith. And by the way, I found the toughest Tyler of all time. Tyler Goodjohn. He is a bare knuckle brawler. Ooh. From when? From when? Former boxer. He gave up boxing to do bare knuckle brawling. His nickname is El Tornado. El Tornado Tyler. Imagine fighting people with gloves on and thinking, eh, this isn't enough. That's what sealed it for me. He's like, eh, give me the bare knuckles. There's at least one tough Tyler. I will. Jeremy Tyler? Wow. No, no, okay. No. Jeremy Tyler was disavowed as a vet. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a book for another for another uh, publishing tour. Um, I will add this before we move on. I just want to say I think it's reasonable to call people out. Or I don't even know if call people out is right. Like people absolutely doubted the supporting cast of the Lakers all year, but it always came back to yeah, but they have LeBron and AD, so who knows? And they're also playing well too. Like that's I do think. Yeah, I still don't think this, I still don't think this this supporting cast is that is that good but they're playing well when it matters the most so what does it matter yeah well how about this the lakers i think overcame expectations in a lot of ways they did not play sleepily as some lebron casts in the past have done and they didn't dismiss the regular season i think in a way if you want to look at it as morality play they were a team to watch in the regular season in the way that the clippers were not mm. um they took it seriously they fulfilled their potential they fired on all cylinders they're a good team and so i don't know if we need to make up people who doubted them uh in order for them to be properly validated but i just think that they that they they did they did rise above expectations throughout the entire season that's true all that KCP disrespect. Oh, yes. All that recognizance mission KCP 
right? Like he's like, well, that. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't we here as a spy. We not, I was we here to get buckets. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to investigate that. I don't know if Felix doing that. All right. Take two. Jade, fire up the Fushnickens. Can we rock? What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Just one week after eulogizing Doc Rivers on this very program for getting fired from the Los Angeles Clippers, we are now talking about his new team, the Philadelphia 76ers. After taking one day off, Doc signed a five-year deal to take over the bad chemistry Sixers as he heads into his 22nd straight year of coaching. But that task is not going to be easy. Doc said at his introductory press conference, this team is loaded with talent. We just have to figure out how to make it work the best. So, Ethan, do you think that Doc Rivers is a good fit for the Philadelphia 76ers? I, I, I guess. I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> it's like a I, – I, the whole loaded with talent just need to figure it out, it gives you pause because he just came from a team that was even more loaded with talent and didn't figure it out. So – it doesn't mean he's incapable. It doesn't mean that he's the wrong fit for these Sixers, but it just seems like their problems might be too big for any coach to just go in and fix. It just seems like there's a little bit of a tension there between Simmons and Embiid. Um, they overpaid for a lot of pieces on the roster. Uh, maybe one of those guys needs to go and they need to choose a direction. And it's just hard for me to look at the situation and go – Doc is just going to smooth this over and fix things. Not saying he's the wrong guy for the job, just saying that maybe the job can't be done. Marcus? Oh, I was waiting for you to say something. My Marcus? bad. Uh, no, no, no. Hey, I know. Uh, I, do, I, I have a question for you. Should, oh, okay. Doc, should Doc Rivers take a break? <laughs> a break? For what? It's a break straight years. Yeah. I, I agree. And and let, let me say that. I didn't want to say this because it seems like I'm just babying uh, the people in the association. But I'm looking at it. I'm going, you're Doc Rivers. You've got this great life. You're in Los Angeles. The weather's good. You really want to hole up there in Philadelphia? Yeah. You don't want to just, I don't know, take a student. Hey, 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 hey. Black people work. This is what we do. Why are you telling this dude <laughs> not to get a job? He, he wants a job. No, I'm, I'm saying no, just I'm take, a, take a I'm year. telling him if you wait to just – you work at ESPN. Get yeah. on that ESPN studio, LA oh, Live. Man. You don't he's have to so move anywhere. You can you can go to that. that ain't ca- the same money. He ain't making that kind of money. I mean, he's made a lot of money. He's- Think about this. Doc Rivers got to pay for a wedding, or he had to pay for a wedding, right? He uh, apparently had to pay for a divorce. Uh, it's COVID nineteen. Like it's a pandemic. You got to stock your cat. Like I'm not against Doc Rivers getting bread at all. Yeah, absolutely. Get every nickel, Doc. If they want to give you five years, you want to secure the next five years? Well, we I don't just, know what the heck this world is going to be like. Absolutely. Get every penny. No question. The man loves the golf. The man loves the golf. I'm looking out for Doc. I mean, you're looking out for Doc in one way. I'm looking out for Doc in another way. How much money uh, did he just get? I mean, he probably got a ton of money. I just I just think recreational doc is suffering for this. Uh, occupational doc is gaining. Recreational doc is suffering. That's all I'm saying, but I look at the choice. I don't know. How many guys are actually sitting around anyway? Like, mm. people don't want to sit around. They Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson. They're not sitting around. First off, they can't get a job. <laughs> <laughs> like they, this is the best job they can get. Right. Like Mark Jackson wants another job, right? I don't understand coaches. This is a broader discussion about coaching. Coaches, In their career, but they're miserable. They hate it. All they coaches love, are so miserable. You act like minors are like having a party. Like people do jobs that make them miserable. Like that's America. <laughs> 
You you act like you're dancing with in poppy fields writing articles. Like you, well, you I don't know. Does he have a poppy too? field like in the backyard now? <laughs> your job up in the hills. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if you had more money than God, it seems like maybe you'd want to take a little bit of a a little bit of a break. I, I, I'm more admiring. I'm admiring how coaches are so addicted to the misery that they can't just walk away from it and go, you know what? I, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with any of this BS anymore. It's interesting to me that they seem so miserable and yet they keep on doing it even when they have enough money to go away. That that's interesting. I, I think we look at the millions they made and say, man, you got enough money, man. You don't know that. And what's enough? No, I just, I'm not saying to take a long time. I just, man, take a break for a year. Although I guess because it is COVID, you know, you make sure that you've got well, money coming in. Every I get it. I get it. Listeners, if you have some money to give to the Thompson household, I'm taking it. Yeah, just at Talk Hoops on Venmo to get it to the Thompson household. It (laughs) goes right into their Uh, bank account. I'm just saying, you're Doc Rivers. It's not like Hubie Brown. You're Doc Rivers. Uh, You can make a million dollars just going to L.A. Live and talking about some basketball. Or you can go around the country uh, in a grueling schedule as a man in his late 50s. I'm assuming late 50s. That's just a guess. Uh, how old is Doc Rivers? These are good questions. How old is Doc Rivers? This is the point in the podcast where you ask the crucial 58 questions. years old. Oh, I nailed it. Nailed it. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I, I just I it's surprising to me. It's just surprising to me. I think it's a calling. I think there's just something in them. And I think with other guys, they can't really they can't really walk away from the from the life. It's a it's like being a carny to be in the NBA. And some people, the habits are built in and they just cannot get away from them. And you got fifteen guys, fifteen grown men looking up at you. You got constant reverence. You are basically yeah, that's what NBA players do. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, re- that, they revere so the see coach. All that reverence yeah. when, when Doc Rivers got fired. All his <laughs> that's why he left because he lost the reverence, right? But now he's in a new spot. You telling me Joel Embiid is not eating every word he says? Come on, they're looking at him like Doc. Please get us over the top. He did the same thing in, in Boston, and he did it in L.A., and now he's going to do it again in Philly. Like the They're going to listen to Kevin every Garnett. word he has to say. Kevin Garnett oh, come on. Like, you know NBA players. They hit a losing streak, and they're going to be muttering about blowing 3-1 leads and fraud this and fraud that. Ah, buddy. They're going to listen to him. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Speaking of kings, two kings in Brooklyn right now. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are revolutionizing coaching. Last week, Kyrie appeared on Kevin Durant's podcast, The Etcetera's terrible name the guru irving spoke on the coaching situation with steve nash himself katie and others being a collaborative effort he said we don't need somebody to come in and 
put their coaching philosophy on everything that we're doing and change up the wheel and yo you guys need to start doing this and we start running on the first day of practice and just like no <laughs> I don't really see us having a head coach KD could be a head coach I could be a head coach Jacques Vaughn could do it one day it could, it could be it can be it's a collaborative effort I think on our part Marcus was Kyrie Irving possibly altered whilst having this conversation I, I, I resent the premise of this question. Uh, Kyrie Irving has proven to be a renowned thinker, a questioner of society, of, of, a questioner of traditional paradigms, mm. a challenger of thought. Like, to presume that Why must it always be brother against brother? Why? If I'm addressing anyone, I'll say their name. Come on, y'all. Don't listen to the false narratives. The people live their lives. It's just a game. Talk about the art. Talk about the sport. You talk openly. You talk freely. But because we live in a click-based society, it becomes something bigger. You don't have to defend it. Why? It's entertainment. I'm not going to let it put me against anybody anymore at any point. Because that's not what it's about. We talk freely, openly, and that's our society. To presume that somehow some level of THC or, or yeah, no, we're going to stick with THC. Uh, <laughs> some level of THC has inspired him to new levels of thinking is insane. What he is introducing, what he is proposing is a system of equity and of justice mm. and of righteousness justice. that comes from one of the most sound and lucid minds in basketball we have. No, he was not high on substances. He was high whoa, on whoa, intellectual whoa, whoa, whoa. property. Who said high? That who is said just who Kyrie is, sir. He is one who challenges thought. And mm. he rejects Mm-hmm. The overseer model. He rejects the 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 system of sports that was adopted from slavery and supposed oh into our industry. And he is passing that up for uh, a system that favors the worker as much as the overseer. This is what Kyrie is doing. He is changing how we think about sports. And no, he was not high doing so. He is just intelligent. Because that's not what it's about. We talk freely, openly. And that's our society. As Marcus uh, brings up slavery, Ethan, I'll throw it to you. What do you think? Uh, I mean, like, is the idea that he's going to coach the coach? Like, what's the idea? Like, how does this all look? What's the, uh, like, what's the, what's the setup here? What's the setup? I, I don't, I don't know. All I know is that we need the Nets back in our lives. That's what I, that's what I know. We need the Nets back. We need Kyrie healthy. We need KD healthy. We need to see what the hell is going to happen. We need to be asking Steve Nash questions about something that Kyrie just said on Instagram. Um, this is all for the good. I think that we miss it. Everybody's expecting it to be a disaster, including Marcus, who only half believes what he just said. And we want to see that disaster happen. And if it doesn't happen, all the better. Any of what he just said, <laughs> not even half, not even a, not even a ba of it, not even a ba, not, not even a ba. Definitely no man. I, 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 I just, I just wish, I wish I could have been there when Steve Nash heard this podcast. <laughs> I, yeah, I, think I wish so. I was right there when he checked the contract to make sure the numbers were right. So like, I, yeah, this, this is what I think, Marcus. Is I think. 
there's a huge difference between what Kyrie thought he was saying and what it came out as. And I actually think Durant made it worse as he tried to rescue Kyrie by then saying, yeah, the assistant coach could be the head coach, right? I think that's where it gets problematic because there is, as you know, despite Doc Rivers being revered as all coaches are by all 15 men on the court, right? Um, I do uh, think that... For, through, for, through a wall for you, coach. Yeah, Not I, all. Not I, all, just Doc Rivers. Um, I do think that... Um, <laughs> There is a dynamic that you can't undercut the coach. And while, you know, I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie is going to look at that, you know, those comments and, and say, oh, well, I guess I don't have to respect the coach because anyone can be coached. I, you know, he's, he's smarter than that. Like he's not going to do that. But I do think that it becomes a distraction. The, the media for the Nets is not the same as the media for the Knicks. So it's going to be lesser, even as these guys play and make it very popular. But Marcus, I do think that it creates noise that doesn't need to be there. In all seriousness, first off, like, isn't that part of the appeal of the Nets, right? Like, Yes. And their ability to handle noise is the only question. But I do think it's it's Kyrie, it's Kevin Durant essentially saying, uh, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to expect the coach to respect that. Uh, and we just, we just dealt with Kevin Durant uh, having issues with how he was being used with the Warriors. And you know, him going at the coach in post-game press conference. Like, this is not a new theory. Nobody, when, when Frank Vogel signed with the Lakers, nobody said this dude is going to lead LeBron. That's absolutely not what happened. So the idea that the player will have a voice that is at least on par with the coach, is not, if not over the coach, it's not new at all. They're just saying, yeah, we have that set up here where I'm going I'm to I'm have a lot of say in what we do Kevin Durant's going to have a lot of say in what we do. And, you know, we'll listen to the coach and the assistant coach. But is it, okay, there is no is reigning it, voiceover. Did, did he commit a Kinsey gaffe? The gaffe of you were too honest. You said something you're not supposed to say, even if we all kind of know it's true. We all kind of know that the coach in the NBA is sometimes more an employee of the player than vice versa, depending on the player. It's just not something that you ever want to hear a player say. You don't, you're just not supposed to say it. You're not supposed to say it at the press conference and go, Who said yeah. you're not supposed to say it? Well, this is the social expectation, I guess is what I'm saying. The social so is, pandemic. It's 2020. Ain't there are no rules. There are no rules. Pandemic rules. You know, uh, go out there and run some sprints, Steve Nash. <laughs> I do feel like if it wasn't them, we wouldn't make we wouldn't have made a big deal out of it as it was. Like mm. we we know what they're trying. We know what he's saying. We know exactly what he's saying. Uh, we know he's acknowledging the fact that when the when the ball's in his hands, they're going to make the call. When KD wants to make a call, he's going to make a call. The office is going to be catered to them, and they're not going to be scheduling practices and all that stuff. But if they want to practice off. Like, you know, that's probably one of the reasons they they wanted Steve Nash. Steve Nash will understand, right, when they's like, yo, coach, we need a, we need a day off. And Steve Nash is secure enough to not be like, well, we need to practice because I got to look like I'm doing something. So I think we all understand what's happening. But since it's Kyrie and KD, we got to We got to uh, you got to have a little fun with it. Yeah, we, we understand what's happening. Uh, they're undermining him <laughs> out the gate. <laughs> I mean, was he overmined? <laughs> Did anybody really think Steve Nash was walking in like, all right, here's how we got to do it? So, no, it was it was a matter of time. The undermine was coming. You just didn't know it would happen so quickly. It wasn't overmined. Like it, there was never a moment where you thought, did you really think this rookie head coach was walking in and they were just gonna, all right, we're gonna run this offense that I, I created on a napkin? Like, no, came in to get them the rock. Acting like Steve Nash is some high school coach they just hired. 
Well, it may not matter because who knows when we'll play again. Take four, Jade. Will the NBA ever play again? I don't want to be dramatic, fellas, but this season is coming to a close, and there's still no word on when or how it may resume. As of now, NBA Commish Adam Silver envisions the season starting no earlier than Christmas Day. I can tell you it's not starting Christmas, but more likely January. I can tell you it's not starting in January. He also wants a full 82-game schedule with normal rounds of playoffs, considering that a regular season lasts eight months. That could mean it might end up like not end until August. There's a lot to unpack there. So, Ethan, what do your sources tell you about next season? Well, I see you broke news by saying it's not going to happen in January. That it's I going would be, to be shocked shortly February. if we're playing. There's no way it's happening. I, I, think, op- I think opening night is going to be Valentine's Day at the earliest. Wow. The NBA well, has made it impossible for media yeah. to have yeah. a good Valentine's Day for years. They're going to continue that. I mean, that would be good promo. As if media has Valentine's. Yeah, as if we have Valentine's. Look, some of us have lives, all right, guys? <laughs> um, I'm trying to – what was that voice? That was like the lounge singer that Will Ferrell would play. I was that trying, voice yeah, you just Robert did. Goulet. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was some Robert Goulet right there. <laughs> some of us have lives. <laughs> um, well, at least we get to take a little Christmas vacation uh, for the first time ever. That's kind of yeah, – that's, that's nice. something. I don't know if we're allowed to fly anywhere by that point. I'll have no idea, but we could, you know, drive to a desert location perhaps. So there's that. Um, I don't want to get overly speculative. It is very hard for me to know what the hell any of this means. I don't know, A, when a vaccine will be uh, so, or B, there's a gap between when you have the vaccine and when people can get the vaccine. I know that from watching Contagion and seeing them have a whole little system where people have risk Bands and they actually exist in a world where, uh, you know, the people running things are super intelligent, but it's just the stupid public that doesn't know what they're doing and panics, which is kind of funny looking back on things. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. The NBA has secured a lot of uh, trust because they have been safer I, I, I guess than the White House has been as far as keeping people free of infections. So the NBA has a lot of capital. And people will kind of trust them, whatever they're going to do. But it's still going to be really hard for them to have games and arenas again. And my God, is there going to be a shortfall when it comes to the money, if that's the case? So I I don't know. I just look at it as it's a tremendous amount of hurdles that Silver has to surmount going forward. And I'm just rambling at this point because I have no (laughs) idea how he'll do it. I'll have no idea when it will be done. Um, And it's funny that we talk about these things and how will Doc Rivers do in the absence of those questions being answered. It's just so hard. Right. Well, Marcus, so at some point, we're going to have to make up the time to get back on a normal schedule, but they're not going to cut games to do it. So after years and years and years of we got to eliminate back-to-backs, no more four games and five nights. I feel like we're going to have a lot of back-to-backs and four games and five nights to in order to squeeze this season as as compact as, as possible. So what do we do with that? Well, first off, uh, Tommy LaStella hits the first inning home run. The ace are up oh, 1-0. let's go. I mean, wait a second. I'm a journalist. Uh, no, oh, I, no, I, baby. I don't care the Braves are up 2-0 on these Dumb Marlins who are yelling about spikes and everything. No, you don't. You don't come at Acuna and expect not to get bombs hit on you the rest of the game. This is what you get in the rest of the series. It's a sweep. They hit me because they can't get me exactly. out. Exactly. 
He apologizes uh, for nothing. I do think the, the naming a team of Marlins is kind of funny because the reason people associate it with Florida is people like to to fish them and eat them. There's just something strange about that being your animal, shocking being your mascot the twice in their franchise history. So I actually think this is good. It's an opportunity to reset the schedule uh, and not necessarily like. I really do think they should consider going to 66 games. I do like this idea of starting on Christmas moving forward. I do like the yeah. idea of the finals being in July and turning 4th of July into like an NBA day holiday. Like, I feel like there's an opportunity to do that. And there's no reason to give the summer to baseball. It's a completely different audience. And we're all going through a draw, right? And there is going to be... Uh, uh, you know, a fall that's dedicated just for football. But I mean, we're proving right now. You don't want to. You don't want to go ahead. Yeah, you don't want to. Football is football can't even go up against football right now. Reset the schedule, and it might mean shortening the schedule now and restarting the next year in December. But I do feel like this is an opportunity to reevaluate it and rethink it. Stop running. Stop running from the NCAA tournament. Go head up with them, and you know what I'm saying. Turn, turn, uh. March Madness into like an NBA thing. Like, just go jack it. Be like, give me all your players. We're high school players, come on here and just beef with the NCAA and reset the sky. I think they could just do it over and yeah, reimagine. Natural experimentation. Yeah. They, like, the upside with all of this chaos and awfulness is that you might try a few things that work and you didn't know if they would work. I mean, the NBA was trying to get some of those games starting earlier to try to duck the football fade and. I don't think that they have much success, but you learn. That's how you learn. It's like, okay, so these earlier evening games don't really work for us. And I think I'll, there will be a lot of things like that. I think the lockout season should have been that for the NBA. They had a 66-game season that they were forced into in 2011, and the viewership was off the charts. I think that was an indication that 66 is probably more in line with what people want than 82 is. So they should learn some lessons, and then they should take the cues from those lessons. Well, before we can get into the cavernous abyss that is this upcoming offseason that may never end for all we know. Take five NBA Finals predictions. AD or LeBron? Oh boy, this is going to be awkward. One way or another, there's going to be some tension down the stretch. Right now, AD might have a sizable lead in terms of some people's value and how they put on this, this Finals march for the Lakers, but LeBron's legacy might clear the path to winning the Finals MVP. Marcus, Ethan, Will this title seal LeBron's GOAT status? Does it count in the bubble? And who gets finals MVP? Marcus, I'll start with you. Uh, Anthony Davis is getting finals MVP. But, But if you want LeBron to win it, you better be rooting hard for Jimmy Butler in game five because what they need is more games. More games is how LeBron gets wrestles finals MVP away from Anthony Davis. But as it is right now, the one game they lost was the game Anthony Davis was pretty much invisible. And then he comes back and he guards he guards Jimmy Butler in addition to doing his thing on offense. So I, I feel like he's earned finals MVP to this point. Unless he plays just awful and LeBron does something crazy, which is possible, I think it's going to take more games in order for LeBron to get finals MVP, which is fine, right? Like, you don't have to win every. I, I do think it's kind of an overrated award, but it, it's fine. It's not. It's not. It's not the biggest deal in the world. There's no taint on LeBron if he doesn't get it. His legacy is secure. Yeah, nobody really cared about it until it was a cudgel to use against Steph Curry. I, I don't wow. think anybody. 
It's true. I agree with that. One thousand percent. Like Tim Duncan didn't win it that Tony Parker year. I mean, was this nobody... not a, a Shaq Kobe staple for their Lakers run? Does Ooh, I mean was it? does I mean how many people bring up that Shaq won Finals MVP instead of Kobe? I constantly, just don't see it. I see it constantly. You see it constantly. I might oh, see it constantly. Recently, I might be ma- I mean, making that up. You didn't but, see it back in 03. Oh, I saw it on Twitter back in 03, Marcus. You kidding me? <laughs> right. That's all people were tweeting about back then. Uh, back in 03. Back yeah, in those MySpace I days. You kidding me? Wow. No, nobody cared when Kawhi won it over to. It was like, oh, Tim Duncan didn't win. Like, That's nobody all cared. I saw plastered across Friendster pages. Were they pages? Wow. Were they accounts? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like it's been emphasized as part of our hellscape of constant argumentation and drive to try to ramp up engagement by angering people. Uh, so we have really made a big deal of this finals MVP thing as opposed to just having to be a memory of who really showed up and did a great job. So, But look, it should help LeBron's status. I think even if a lot of people haven't been watching this, the numbers are the numbers. They're part of the overall amount of uh, championships. And yeah, it, it all it, it all matters a lot for the Lakers, even if you can't have a parade down Figueroa. Larry Bird, oh man, it was so stressful for Larry Bird between 84 and 86. Like it was such a trying time for Larry Legend because uh, in 84, it was actually Cedric Maxwell who won finals MVP. Bird didn't win it until 86. He had to wait a whole two years. Can you imagine the agony Larry Bird yeah. had to endure with Cedric Cornbread Maxwell with his finals MVP? Well, you got to oh, use, a, you got use a, little, a, little, a little off, Marcus. Not not to well actually you, but that was 81. It was 81. It was 81. Oh, Cornbread. even worse. Yeah. Even worse. It was 81. Wait until 84 to win it. So Are you wait. sure? Yeah, Are I'm looking sure? at it right now. Yeah, I'm positive. I don't yeah. know about No, I, I mean, I'm telling you. I'm looking now, are you, right are at you it. looking it up? Dang it. I'm looking right at it, yeah. Stare me right back in the face. So, so, then, so then it was 81. Mm. It was 81 to 84. Oh, three years of three agony years. is what you're telling me? Three years, Marcus. Three years of, oh, man, how did he, how did he manage? How did he survive three years with Cedric Maxwell holding his trophy? Let me look at that. By the way. Larry Bird put up 15, 15, and 7 plus two steals in that NBA Finals. That's weird. Maxwell puts up 17 and 9? Larry got robbed. <laughs> well, Larry honestly, Steph robbed. Curry got robbed 2015. I don't know what happened there. I don't, I don't know what happened there. That the LeBron fascination. He literally put Delvadova in the hospital. I don't know what we did back then. Yeah, and he what did he what did he average points wise? He, like he twenty six or twenty seven, right? Like what was, were we doing? Because like Andre was hitting wide open three pointers. No, I, I, <laughs> it was it was the LeBron fascination. No, it's because he, he held LeBron to like thirty nine percent shooting. Absolutely, it's like it was, everything was centered around LeBron. He held LeBron. He did well against LeBron. And he hit a bunch of open shots. I mean, that's why Ben Wallace got Finals MVP for his great defense. No, we never we never incorporate that. That's Steph, not something we incorporate. Steph put up twenty six point six assists, five gonna, rebounds a game in the finals. We're, we're gonna sound sound like Steph stands, which is hard to say. Uh, but it, it was. I feel like a lot of bad internet conversation has come from that decision. That even the people who had a they they had a reasonable 
um, pathway to voting voting Andre, but I feel like they would have even taken it back had they known the discussion it was going to kick off, and they would have just gone Steph rather than deal with everything that's come of it. Remember, people were talking about LeBron being the MVP even in a loss, right? So uh, he put up the, 35, 13, and eight, almost almost thirty six, yeah, thirteen, yeah. and nine. So, yeah, he was so good. So by by connection, it was like well. Here's the guy who did well on him, and the only reason LeBron that's did so wait, that's so confusing. LeBron did wait. so great that we need to give it to the guy guarding him. Do you know? Do you know who had the second most points for the Cavs in that series? I'm gonna oh. go with it. Tristan. Tristan Thompson was a problem, right? Ethan you Tristan Thompson was no, a no. Mozgov, Mozgov was the problem. Mozgov was a big problem. Didn't he get paid off that, right? Ethan, do you have a guess? He got paid I a year later. It couldn't. It, it, I'm trying to think about that team. I'm trying to think about that team who was playing. Who? Game, could, no, no, no. Game one. No, Kyrie was good in game one. Kyrie was really good in game right, one. Right, but he only played. He only played the one Total. game. Yeah. God. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go with Mozgov. Mozgov, final answer. Mozgov, final answer. I mean, it can't be Delhi. Delhi barely scored. <laughs> Delhi was in hospital. De- Delhi was done in that series. It was, like, it was. It was Mozgov. Mozgov scored eighty-four points, fourteen. Oh a game. my god, that's a problem. He was a big problem. Because remember, Bogut. He was a Bogut. Was I, you know what? I just, I just remember David Black getting grilled by Russian reporters about Mozgov not getting enough playing time. That's my enduring memory of that finals. Oh, man. Make you bet yeah, you got a fucking it, as they say, you know? <laughs> Is that what the Russians say? Is I think that's what the Russians say. say. I think that's what uh, they do. We All right. You make bed. <laughs> you make bed, you fucking it. You make bed, you play Timothy goddamn Mozgov. All right, time for a yeah, closing rant. Accent. I don't even know what the accent that is. Uh, yeah, that, was, that was like diehard. Yeah, I don't accent. know what yeah. that was. That was awful. That was some Hans Gruber shit right there. All right, yeah. Marcus, do you have a closing rant? Oh, I do. I do have a closing yeah, rant. Right, right. right. Listen, uh, I saw a lot. I saw Mark Jackson trending, right? I saw people ridiculing his his line, uh, you know, his, his line in the finals about Tyler Hero. Jade, I'll let you insert that right there. This Justin, a hero is more than a sandwich. Tyler, getting it done. Uh, <laughs> but I, I bet most people don't know what Mark Jackson was actually talking about. And I'm, I'm going to educate you people before you ridicule Mark Jackson's admittedly kind of corny line, but it was an homage. It was an homage to a black author, a black woman author. A hero is more than a sandwich. Her name was Alice Childress. And in the 70s, she wrote a book called A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich. This is a classic book about life in the hood, Benji, Benji overcame heroin addiction and built his relationship with his father. And they made a movie out of it starring Cicely Tyson. What Mark Jackson was doing was tipping his cap to a great black author and a classic black movie. Why he used it on Tyler Harrow? Because, hey, a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. A hero is more than a sandwich. And he mixed it a little bit, but you got to have diversity to understand where he was coming from. You got to have a wide range of context to peep where he was going. So while you ridicule him, while you mock the line, just know Black Lives Matter. Don't you feel ashamed, America, for making fun of Mark Jackson? A hero is more than a sandwich. Don't you feel ashamed? <laughs> he was really trending over that. Oh my god, he, they were killing him over it. Zach, Zach had god. no idea where I was going. You can tell I I'm not on no Twitter. I, like I, 
I, I, I don't have Twitter on my phone anymore. And it's just like, I, I, this, that's my rant. You got all of you are crazy. I mean, this, is what, this is what I've discovered. You're all insane. You're all maniacs. You are just becoming the singularity, merging with robots. And it is impossible to track what the hell people are talking about if you don't have Twitter. When in, in the context of the NBA, at least so the context of the NBA, I have no idea. Like, I don't know anything about this Mark Jackson thing. I don't know anything about this hero is a sandwich. And there have to be like 10 other things that get brought up where I go, wait a second. There's a there's a Chris Mannix thing and people didn't like the thing about the Lakers and that, you know, that they weren't expected. And there's there are 80 million meta conversations on top of meta conversations that I'm apparently deprived of. If I am not plugged in to the superstructure. So that's my rant. There you go. All right. That is this week's point of I contention. I mean, hold on. Is the rant against yourself for not being plugged into the superstructure? No, it's against all of you for being crazy. It's, it's, that's that's what it is. You're all crazy. And, you just uh, sound jealous. I am a little jealous. You know, I, you know you're all crazy and I'm going to live live in the woods. I that's would, spend, the, I would spend less time on Twitter and more time on theathletic.com where you can subscribe Ooh. for a dollar a month, people. Bam. What are you doing? A dollar a month. You can't beat that deal. You just can't. You get all of my fantastic writing. You get all Ethan's fantastic writing. You get odes to Jimmy Butler from Marcus Thompson and all his fantastic coverage of the Oakland A's as they're probably swept out of the playoffs by now, by the time you listen to this. But Chris Davis heating up. Chris Davis heating up. You get the coverage of Chris just Davis the right heating time. up. Just the right time. Absolutely. But you got to make sure that you check out the athletic again, a dollar a month right now. Make sure you subscribe to the pod, leave us a five star review, leave a nice uh, little note for us. Use the comment section if you're subscribed to the athletic on theathletic.com. We got podcast comments, everything you could ever want. So just go to theathletic.com. Make sure you're supporting, make sure you're following everything, and make sure you check out the athletic NBA show five days a week, Monday through Friday. We're not doing Saturday, we're not doing Sunday. You can't make us. Unless, I don't know, double subscribe, then maybe we'll do it. I don't know. But that's this week's Point of Contention. Check out Nerdish She Wrote on uh, on Friday. Make sure you check out the other great episodes from earlier in the week. For Ethan Strauss, Marcus Thompson, Jade Hoyt, I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in on The Athletic Podcast Network. A hero is more than a sandwich. Tyler. Getting it done.